At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Thursday morning, December 14th, 2023. It is the Beating the Book podcast. Week number 15 in the National Football League. It's Gil Alexander live from Bar Canada at the D with our regular staples on the show from his mom's. I don't know. Where is that? It's not his cork attic anymore. That looks like a beautiful uh downstairs area of his mom's house. It's Todd Wishnev. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm really not growing tired of the constant talk of where I'm doing the show from, but thank you, Gilly. I just said I was doing it from Bar Canada. Why can't I say where you're doing it from? You can. You can say whatever you want, Gil. It's all good. <laughs> we're, off to a, we're off to a rating start. Will Hill joins us. How you doing, Willie? Gilly, what's going on? It's uh, uh, only a few weeks left, so this is uh, this is not the prettiest slate ever. But this is Ew. this is life in the NFL of 2023. So, sure winners. By the way, Todd Wishnev at T Wishnev, uh, T Wishnev, T W I S H N E V on Twitter, star of the Showtime docuseries Action, and Will Hill at not the Will Hill. That's two E's and the, who's also on the Bear Bets podcast, Chris Felica's uh, college and pro football podcast, which he does every week. Have you enjoyed doing those podcasts, uh, Will? This year? No, it's horrible. It's the worst. No, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Of course, it's um, like I said, the football season only a month left. You just you get into the rhythm. You start like late August, early September. You look up and it's December. It's kind of a bummer. It's definitely gonna be a void. You know, once you get to the playoffs, which is like what a month away, not yeah. that far away. It's a different feel where it's just a couple games a week. You sort of beat the same games to death. It's a different vibe when you, you don't have that full regular NFL Sunday, which to me is the best. That 3:30 to 4:30 Eastern, where all the games are ending. Um, the the, early, the late ones are starting. You don't get that during the playoffs. As great as the playoffs are, I really like the uh, the Sunday NFL regular season. Well, I, I wild card week and division round week are still They're cool, good. but yep. it's after that, right? Like after the division, when it's like, oh my god, there's only three games left. Period. Then that's sort where of the depression sinks in. But you know, by that time we'll have the Australian Open. So for the tennis hardos, we'll be on to something else. Uh, and joining us today which I hope is an annual appearance. I did one of those terrible things on radio where while on air with him doing an interview, I'm like, hey, Pritch, uh, you, can you do the Megapod next week? <laughs> next week? Which put him in this horrible position where even if he wanted to say no, he's like, I'll take a pass, Gil, thanks. He kind of just politely said yes. It's Mike Pritchard, everybody. He has a, a former number one uh, excuse me, pardon me, first round draft pick of the Atlanta Falcons in 1991, and of course a national champion at Colorado back in the day. How you doing, Pritch? Gil, I am fantastic. By the way, man, you you could ask me anytime. I, I would always say yes. I mean, I'm looking forward to uh, this uh, 
uh, this pod for a while, and, and certainly um, it's been a minute since I've been on it, but uh, I'm happy to be with you guys today. And the nicest guy you'll ever meet. See? See what I mean? The nicest guy you'll ever meet. Um, Pritch, before we, before we get into anything else, because I, I had jury duty yesterday, and I know you were on a numbers game. Um, I, we were talking, everybody was talking this week about the, the Chiefs and Kadarius Tony lining up offsides and how it negated that amazing play from Mahomes to Kelsey back to Tony that would have possibly won the game for the Chiefs um, the other night. I saw Dan Orlovsky on ESPN a couple nights, a couple days ago. So this is, you know, everybody had sort of the same opinion of, oh, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, as great as they are, the Hall of Famers that they both are, the future Hall of Famers that they both are, as great as they are, they were wrong in being so angry at the officials. That Tony was offsides, and that's the end of the story. Orlovsky did this thing where he's like, yeah, but like, look at these other three plays earlier in the game. He is also offside on all of those. So there is a legit question of why they decide to call it then. Do you, because uh, Kelly was telling me that you had a similar kind of opinion on that. Is that true? Yeah, it's 1,000%. I mean, First of all, there's so many layers to this. I mean, I think what people need to realize, if they can, uh, is football is such an emotional game. Um, you put so much into it. It's, the, it's a buildup before a big fight, right? But you have, normally have months for that. But this is each and every week uh, that you have this buildup physically, mentally, emotionally. Uh, and to think that you won a game and then all of a sudden it's taken away from you in this fashion I can excuse Andy Reid. I can excuse Patrick Mahomes for that. In fact, I love the passion. Uh, I love the fact that they want, they were willing to call out the officiating uh, because everybody wants to, right? And, and so I, I know I get it. People want to come down hard on those guys, uh, but it, it's hard to understand unless you're in their shoes about what's invested, right, and what's on the line. Now, the officiating has been really, really poor this year. Um, sure I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it, so if you're not calling, and Dan did a great job, if you're not calling it throughout the whole game, why call it under two minutes of a football game when you know that you have Patrick Mahomes on one side and you have Josh Allen on the other side as an official? You know that. It's, it's no different uh, than having LeBron James out there and you know Kobe or somebody like that. or So or two superstars, whoever, just take, pick, take a pick. Uh, you know that these – Two teams or, or certainly two players are capable of battling this out. And yet you really are going to call that right then and there is ticky tack. Now I get it. People saw oh, he was way off size. You know, it was blatant. It was so obvious. Well, so is holding. Uh, so is, you know, legal contact down the field, but they don't call it because of the competitive nature of the game. A lot of times, I mean, if they called every single penalty gill, uh, those games would be four oh, and a half, almost five hours. Yeah. Right. 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 So, I, I think and an official wasn't wrong. Okay. You got to call it. You're going to get graded. Maybe you're trying to get to the super bowl with the grades and, and all that's on the line. I, I get that, but you, you got to understand the moment. Uh, and certainly that was not so egregious to where it's going to affect the outcome uh, that he was a couple inches offside. So uh, get the warning. Uh, and if Tony doesn't back up, then throw the flag, but at least he warned the guy prior uh, throughout the game. Yeah, it, it, it's just an interesting, different perspective because all of us had the same thing like, hey, you know, love you guys, but you're wrong for bashing the officials. But it, it was interesting to, to go through that. I, you know, what do you learn in kindergarten? Two wrongs don't make a right. I guess in some sense, this is Orlovsky 
saying, well, four wrongs ought to make a right. You know, like, I don't know what the what the <laughs> thing is, but I get it. If you didn't call it that right. way earlier, then why are you calling Because I am one of these people who's – I hate when people say – you know, what I don't like is when people say, oh, you know, you can't call that at the end of a game. Like, Will and I made merciless fun yeah. of Brock Osweiler when there was a, a rivalry game between Florida and Florida State where he's like, you can't throw the flag on that interference. It's a rivalry game. Like, I hate when they come to that brain-dead thing. But this is not yeah. that if you're saying, well, you called it one way the whole rest of the game. So I think it's, right. it's, it's kind right. of an interesting different perspective on it anyway, you know. I have yeah, a question. One, one more. It, yeah. Okay. Yep. Go ahead, Todd. Did they ever show when the guy drops the flag? I never saw that on video. Does he drop the flag right away as the play is yes. starting, or does he drop the? He did. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The 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 other thing yeah. I just wanted to say is the problem with the football is like you said they can call this on every single play. Mm -hmm. So it's impossible to do a true analysis of anything unless you analyze every single play. It's like it's like whatever your news thing is, you can always come up with some bad news about whatever group you want to say bad news about, right? You can always find that. So if there it's the same thing with a football game, there's always something to call yeah. and if you don't do the full analysis on the entire game you can't say it so yeah it was nice that orlovsky did that i like that you said paul uh, todd that you go i love the problem with the football <laughs> the problem with the football uh, that's very i will, say, I will yeah, say two things go ahead will uh, yeah yeah just just quickly these refs get enough crap when they get the calls wrong. I don't think we can give them a hard time when they get a call right. Great point. And other, yeah. And the other thing is, Todd, and it's hard enough to say, hey, not only do you have to officiate what's right, what's wrong, but now you determine, hey, that's the right call, but now is not a situation to call. Either call it or you don't. You can't. This gray area, you, you shouldn't call no, it. No, I'm glad call they there. called it. First of all, I'm, yeah. I'm glad they called it. If you're if you don't want to get called, don't stand off sides. And that's that, the other thing. there's nothing that annoys me more than guys who line up off sides or in basketball when a guy's on the wing and they throw him the ball and he out hits a three pointer and they go, Whoops, he's out of bounds. How hard is it to stay in the goddamn bounds? I played basketball yeah. my whole life. I was never out of bounds on it's a three point true. shot. It's true. It's infuriating. It's true. Uh, Pritch, the other Pritch. thing is, oh, yeah. go ahead, Will. I'm sorry. Before go, Todd, Todd McShay said this on Rosillo's pod. I thought it was so simple and so perfect. He said, "Look, Tony makes four million dollars a year. Line up on sides. It's not that hard. You're not even catching the ball. You're dropping balls left and right. The least you can do is just line up on sides for four million bucks a year. Line up where you're supposed to line up." Will Pritch, isn't that what wide? Isn't that yeah. wide receiver 101? You see where the ball well, is. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, everybody's right. I mean, and that's the thing. Everybody's right, and it's like. Uh, Tony's not a wide receiver. He's getting paid four million to be a gadget guy. And, right. Uh, he's he's not a true wide receiver, and that's why he didn't line up uh, correctly throughout that entire game. You know, just one more layer to it, fellas. It, it's the it's the heightened nature of when it happened too, though. Like right, like if if Tony was offsides in the second quarter, uh, does, does that affect the game? No, it doesn't. But it's because it's under two minutes. It's the heightened nature of of the situation that has garnered so much attention uh, and, and therefore like, okay, if you're official and it's the heightened nature, I mean, the game is on the line and yet you're going to make that call. I, to me, that's, that's what uh, this boils down to more so than Tony uh, is inept in terms of knowing how to line up. And uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes was so in a temper tantrum. He's so emotional. I mean, all those stuff are ancillary compared to the fact of the heightened nature of when this foul occurred. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to get your perspective because you've actually been there, and I think it's an interesting one. 
um, wasn't as cut and dry, perhaps, as I, as I made it out to be on, uh, on the show on Tuesday morning, uh, or Monday morning, rather. Okay, Todd, court stenographer, records update. By the way, did you enjoy did you enjoy being with Brent last week, by the way, Todd? Did you appreciate the fact that we were doing a show with the legend like Brent Musburger? I mean, I would have been happier with Bob Costas, but it was okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Look, in the 80s, I grew up on the AFC on NBC with Brian Gumbel or Bob Costas, not the NFL Today on CBS with Brent Irv and Jimmy the Greek. We're in AFC Pittsburgh, time and that. We didn't watch that CBS crap with them cowboys and that. Okay, so that's why I like, I have an you know affection more for the sense. NBC stuff of the 80s. Yeah. I mean, I love Brent, but I'm just saying, I'm making no, a joke. I, it makes sense. I was, a, I was a skins guy, right, obviously, so we were an NFC house. You're right. And so, like, Bryant Gumble and the whole NBC side of things was was always those guys to us. Right. For sure. Yeah. All right. That was awesome. Uh, yeah. An update. We didn't update uh, for two weeks because I forgot to bring the thing downstairs last week. Uh, Gilly had a 3-0 and two weeks ago. His one of his myriad three and O's this week. And then last week had a substandard one and two. But yet. He stays at a incredibly lofty 27, 14, and one. Probably his best job ever here on the Megapod since I've been in, uh, involved with it. Uh, he also uh, is uh, eight and six on teasers, a, a bit substandard, but okay, whatever. <laughs> Will is now at uh, 22 and 20 after a two and one last week, and he moves to nine and five with his teaser win. Uh, I went two and one last week as well to go to 21, 19 and two. Also a teaser win to go to 10 and four and lead the most important category, of course, the teaser category. And then, of course, the guest group is the, pretty much the only group left that can probably catch Gilly at 23, 16 and three. Brent had a one, one and one last week and went to nine and five on teasers. So Mike, the pressure is on. You need to get us three W's so we can catch Gilly and he doesn't get to be the winner this year. <laughs> All right. I love pressure. Uh, my whole life has been about pressure. I love it. Still, Bring still, it on. still time for me to mess this up, by the way, still plenty of time <laughs> for me to mess this up. By the way, can, can I, I just do a quick picks? in game before we go? Sorry. Will, what are you going to say? Well, no, I, I just want to say my losing pick might be the worst pick in the history of the megapod. I had under 31 and a half Jaguars Browns. Both teams almost went over by themselves. I thought Lawrence would be hurt. Weather would be bad. None of that was true. Lawrence was fine. The weather was fine. And yeah, that was uh it's hard to have a worse pick than under 31 and a half in a game. You know what? Well, if you're, if you're going to lose one though, lose it that yeah. way. Just get I destroyed. Agree, yeah. Just get that destroyed. Yeah. It still only counts as one. All right, Todd, what's your in game? Okay. I got two, I got two quick in games to do. They're pretty, very similar. Uh, this past week uh, on the Monday night football, we had Danny DeVito at the quarterback position. He ran the, um, he ran the, uh, what's it called? The, the run option. You told me before. Read, you know, what read the, option. You know? the read, the read option. option. Yeah. The read option always where they, where they do it in college, where they put the ball in the, in the running back's belly, w wait for the defensive end, to either crash down or not. And then run. He did it a bunch of times in the first half. He had five carries at halftime. And you could see if you're watching the game that Dayball had told him and made part of the game plan. We're going to run DeVito. Maybe he's not the greatest thrower, but we're going to run him at halftime. I looked at what the rushing attempts were for DeVito at that point. They were at seven and a half. 
rushes. He already had five in the first half. They were only saying two and a half more in the second half. I thought that was ridiculous because they already made it clear that he's going to he's going to be running the ball. So I tried to get it over seven and a half. It spun on me. I didn't get it. They came out of halftime. He ran two more times on the first drive. So now he's at seven rushing attempts. And there's still probably, you know, 25 minutes left of the game. They put it up again at nine and a half plus 125. I said, and at that point, Giants were winning the game. So I said, I got to do this because they're going to keep running him. And on top of that, if they're winning the game, he might get a couple kneel downs as attempts late in the game, you know, if they're winning the game, which they were. So I took over nine and a half. He ended up getting it on the next drive with 10. And so that's just a perfect example of where you're watching the game, you know, and you're paying attention. You can see things in the game plan. Also, a very similar one is um, on the same Tennessee, the, the Dolphins running backs were, were gashing the hell out of Tennessee. They were having a hard time throwing it, but they were running like crazy. He was 13 for 65, five yards a carry going to the fourth quarter, and it was a close game. They put up in between the third and fourth quarter, 75 and a half as the over-under. Only another 11 yards? For sure, the Dolphins were going to be getting the ball, and for sure, they were going to be running the ball some more. So why in the world was it only 11 and a half more? Probably because the algorithm had them for, say, 45 or something pregame, and they only put it up in an additional 10 and a half. I was like, that's stealing, because Mostert, every time they give him the ball, he gashes them. So I took the over, and that, again, it was a very easy winner. So it just, I mean, a lot of times things are much harder than this in in-game, but sometimes... Things are just egregiously obvious, and those are two examples. Those are great examples. By the way, uh, Todd, I haven't mentioned this publicly yet, but um, I know you're a part of this. There's a, a Discovery Channel sports betting documentary that may happen, and uh, in my discussions with them, I referred to you as the greatest in-game better that I know. I'm hyping you up. I'm, bi I'm up. I'm big up in you, so you get on this. Thank you, Gilly. That's they haven't called me yet. They haven't? Oh, I keep telling them to call no. you. I keep telling them, so that's the guy you want. You should also tell them that I'm also the most entertaining in-game gambler available, and that's why I was picked out of the crowd of thousands to be on the uh, Showtime Action Well, series. I didn't quite say that. What I said was this: he's a renounced Orthodox Jew, and I gave the story about how you used <laughs> to watch uh, the sad story of how you used to watch sports through a, a, a <laughs> store window, which I find so heartbreaking. It's child abuse, right? It was anyway, it was I, I, I big up you on this, uh, so hopefully they call you here. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. 
Real quick before we get to our best bets, there is this Fakakta football game tonight. Pritch, how often did you guys use the word Fakakta in your household growing up? <laughs> I never. <laughs> okay, just checking. We use something close to that. Probably. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> something similar. Um, and, yeah. the, and the reason I say that, by the way, I break out the Yiddish, is because uh, and the Raiders are three-point favorites against the Chargers tonight here in Las Vegas. The total's at 34.5. The reason that I say this is because not only is it Easton Stick, versus Aiden, Aiden O'Connell. And by the way, the Raiders were contemplating a, a switch to either uh, Jimmy G or Brian Hoyer this week, but they're going O'Connell. But there's so many players, like Keenan Allen, out uh, for the Chargers. And because the Chargers are in such a – both teams are 5-8. and eight. Yes, they're mathematically – both of these teams mathematically alive, but really their seasons are done. So you wonder if Austin Eckler will get his, you know, normal workload. And the Raiders, I mean – Name a player, Josh Jacobs, Quad, Devontae Adams has an illness, Max Crosby with a knee. All of these guys are questionable. Their left tackle, Colton Miller's out, as is their center, Andre James. And you got to back up with, you know, whoever's backing up Colton Miller is going to have to try to take out Khalil Mack. There's just too many moving parts right now. The game is tonight. We're, you know, how many hours before game time? Eight hours before the game starts. I don't have anything. Do any of you guys have anything on this game tonight? Under. Under 34 and yeah, a half. And these, yeah. yeah, these primetime overs have made a little comeback. I think it's six out of the last seven. All the ones on Monday night went over. That uh, last Thursday night, Patriots Steelers went way over. But I think, look, I mean, this is just pretty simple. It's stick against O'Connell. And it might even be Hoyer. I don't think we'll see Jimmy G because I think if Jimmy G got, if he played and got hurt, they own like 12 million bucks. So oh, you can't do that. Sounds like O'Connell. Exactly. Sounds yeah. like O'Connell's on a short leash. If it's Hoyer, Hoyer's an underfest because he'll take care of the ball, but he's going to be no explosive plays. Um, look, I watched more of that Vikings Raider game than I want to admit. Nobody could even forget scoring, even get in the red zone. The Chargers with Easton Stick aren't going to be able to move the ball. You worry if the Chargers have just sort of given up on this season, say, hey, we lost to Herbert. We're not going to the playoffs. We're going to have a new coach. So to me, this has like 13-10, 16-13 written all over it. Barring a barrage of defensive scores, I just don't see how we get over the 34-and-a-half. So I will go under uh, for, for one of my best bets. Okay, there you go. I, I do think oh, I know. You're doing that as a best bet? Yes, he well, is. Yes, he is. Under 34-and-a-half. For Willie. I do think Easton stick. Like, the running props aren't up because of all these players that are out, so they're all, you know, correlated to other players being available. But, like, I would imagine Easton stick with with Kellen Moore having a week to prepare. Easton stick actually ran well when he was at North Dakota State. Now that you have a week to actually game plan for him, maybe he, like, runs a lot in this game. That would be my one sort of thought. He did have a touchdown drive in the second half against Denver. He did. Um which was nice. Uh, that was that was another thing. They were down 17, so I took 17 and a half at one place and 17 at the other place and ended up getting lucky with it. But he wasn't that bad in the second half. I mean, I almost made this a pick on, on my theory of garbage, garbage plus three. If you remember earlier in the season, mm-hmm. there was a garbage, garbage game and a three-point yep. uh, dog. And I love, if you're going to take a team in garbage, garbage, take the points. Garbage plus, garbage three. plus garbage, mm-hmm. add three. So if you're, I, I almost made it one of my picks, but I didn't. But I, if anything, I lean hard on plus three. Rich, anything on this game? You're staying away. Yeah, you know, I'm staying away. It's actually one of my stay away situations. I mean, the profile of it stinks. Uh, backup quarterbacks versus you know okay defenses. I mean, uh, familiarity as well on a short week in which these guys never really prepare. I mean, if, if at best they do walkthroughs, right? Uh, so you, you got. 
uh, two quarterbacks that are, you know, one's just now going to start, but the other one, Aiden O'Connell's been struggling. But I will throw this out there. You know, Khalil Mack uh, leads the league in sacks right now. And I think he went off against the Raiders last time. He's always got that chip when he faces the Raiders. Uh, and then you got um, Max Crosby, uh, who's climbing a ladder in terms of the sacks, too. So to me, a lot of guys look at incentives, you know, defensive player of the year is out there. And, and certainly if you want to be all pro, that's out there for these two guys. And uh, these two guys are capable of wrecking everything. So uh, it's a stay away situation. Like Todd, though, I did consider uh, a teaser play uh, with the Chargers, understanding I could take the points and have a couple possessions there, uh, but I passed on that one. Did you like when Thursday when you had Thursday games, Mike? You know, no, yeah, I was trying to re- remember. We didn't have those. Thursday you didn't have games. Thursday um, once in a while. No, they would have one, the Thursday night once edition. in a while. They would have the Thursday night be, edition, it would be right? The Thursday night edition. That's of right. Monday night football. But it wasn't. But it wasn't regular. That's right. It wasn't <laughs> right. regular. Yet. Yeah, our, yeah, our yeah. short week was if we had a Monday night game. Then, okay, you're going to play Sunday. But um, yeah, I, I couldn't even comprehend what it would be like to try to get ready for a game on Thursday. Hadn't played uh, Sunday. Uh, right. And you look at how bad the Raiders play. I mean, without practice, how are they going to correct things? How are they going to fix things? How are they going to improve uh, with walkthroughs? Um, so uh, this is definitely a stay away game for me. I will mention the under. I can definitely see that situation. Did you ever play under a lame duck coach like Brandon Staley is right now for the Chargers? You know what? There was rumors about Dennis Erickson. Uh, when I was there, uh, certainly my last year in Atlanta, uh, Jerry was probably out out the door, uh, Jerry Glanville. So yeah, a couple of times. Was that- <laughs> and then in fact, in fact, I'm glad you brought this up because this is crazy. Uh, when I got traded to Denver, Wade Phillips was the coach, but then Mike Shanahan became available and they got rid of Wade uh, after one year. So all three stops, um, uh, my coaches were in lame duck situations. It's crazy. I didn't think about it that way. Does that ever get awkward, or do you just professional, just play through it, practice through it, like nothing's going on? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Jerry Glanville situation. Everybody was getting the hell out of Dodge in, in Atlanta. So <laughs> Dion had was leaving. Andre was leaving. I was a restricted free. I was leaving. Michael Haynes was leaving. I mean, everybody was out the door. Uh, and in Denver, it was shocking because we were. We were just building the team, and Wade Phillips, who did a good job. I mean, we were 8-8, eight and eight, I believe. Uh, but then when you could have an upgrade with Mike Shanahan, I get what Pat Boland did. Uh, and then the same thing with Dennis Erickson. You know, Mike Holmgren was rumored to be interested in that job. And so if you can upgrade, uh, it's par for the course. Like, as a player, you, you understand that. Okay, we're upgrading the head coaching position, so uh, we're going to be better off for it. And in those two situations with um, Denver, uh, and certainly Seattle, uh, the teams were better off for, for those coaching hires. Let me try one last one. When Left Eye burned down Andre Risen's house, was that awkward <laughs> at all? No. <laughs> that was freaking awkward. Yes, yes, that was crazy. I mean, I don't know if I ever told you the story, but, you know, everybody lived around Andre. Uh, it was the same kind of neighborhood, right? And, you know, after the, after practice, we're looking at this smoke, and we're like, wait, oh, wait a minute, man, that, that is no. – that is kind of close to where, you know, everybody lives and okay, what's going on over there. And so later on, uh, you find out what exactly happened. And that was crazy. She was the nicest, most beautiful girl you would know and mm-hmm. would love to meet. Uh, and never thought she was capable of doing something like that. But, you know, if, if you get driven to some dark places like, like she yeah. did in that relationship, yeah. I guess that can happen. 
I met those girls, T-Boz, Chili, and, and Left Eye, and they were sweet yeah. as could be, and they were also oh. like this. They were so small. That was the other thing I remember right. about them. Um, right. Yeah. Anyway. Is there more yep. to that story, Gil, or is that you just met him and that was it? Just met him. Thanks, Will. <laughs> Thanks for checking, though. Just met him. Nothing happened There's there. always more to a story. No. <laughs> All right. Let's do, be- let's do best bets. I wished there was more than this to the story, but there was not. Um, all right. Pritch, your first best bet is? Uh, I love the Broncos, you know, in the situation uh, against the Lions. Um, uh, I've, I've been, you know, studying the Broncos. At, and at the beginning of the year, uh, I mentioned that there's going to be a surprise team out of the AFC West. Uh, uh, you know, Kansas City was going to probably run away with the division. We'll see what happens. But that surprise team is turning out to be the Denver Broncos with the win streak. And a lot has gone on. A lot has happened. Um, they got rid of guys that they didn't necessarily need and certainly were a cancer in the locker room. Uh, they've improved defensively. And then Russell Wilson has humbled himself or, or Sean Payton has humbled Russell Wilson. Uh, and therefore, they're more efficient uh, and so less reliant on Russell, too, in terms of what he wants to do uh, and, and more about the team. So I like that situation. I think the Lions and golf, they're playing timid, or at least golf is at the quarterback position. Uh, so I like the Broncos on the road um, sitting at four and a half right now. But uh, I like how they're playing right now and, and getting the job done. You're right. It's sitting at four and a half. And even as we have been doing this podcast, this has been the most Christmas tree lighting up board on that game than any other. It's bouncing back and forth with uh, four and a half looking like the point of resistance. Had gotten as high as five this week, was as low as three and a half. Right now it's four and a half. Uh, Todd, Todd, you know how I got out of jury duty yesterday? I said to the uh, judge, I go, Judge Schwartz, perhaps you don't know that I host a little something called the Megapod. And she said to me, she goes, is that the one with the renounced Jew who sings all the fight songs? I go, why, yes, it is. She goes, you're out of here, buddy. And I got the hell out of John Todd. Do you know that happened? Not surprising. Not surprising at all. No. Uh, that happened. It make, makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm going to go with my number one pick as being the Cleve Brannies. I'm going to go with the Cleve Brannies minus the three uh, against the Bears. Um, you know, I, I, of course, there's been a Bears resurgence. We've all seen the Bears all of a sudden looking like actually a, a real team. And, um, you know, I'm not sure how much of that is the Lions falling apart because two of those games, well, the one they should have won against the Lions and then the one they did win um, were against the Lions. But, you know, obviously, look, you got to give the Bears their due. They have been playing well for the last couple of weeks. But now you're 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 asking them. It's almost it, it almost feels like one of those situations where these underdog teams win, win, win. Then they become the favorite. To me, this is a little bit similar. It's like Bears were this real decrepit team, which was getting huge points all the time. You know, if this was six, seven weeks ago, the Bears would probably be getting, you know, eight or nine points in Cleveland or at least six. And now all of a sudden you're bringing them in here at at only three points. Now you're saying, okay, well, the Browns can go toe-to-toe with the – I mean, the Bears can go toe-to-toe with the Browns. But can they? That's a real difficult defense on the road now. We're talking about a whole new thing now. you got to go on the road. Joe Flacco – He's, you know, adequate, right? He's adequate. Mm-hmm. You can keep handing the ball to those big gasher running backs, and you can play defense. The Browns, to me, are a good team. You know, now you're 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 almost saying it's an even. I know I know home uh, you know home field advantage is no longer three points. It's more like one and a half or whatever it is. But you know, three points is just so that's not a lot of points. 
Um, and so just give me the Brownies. I think the, the Bears, after all the big wins, are, are looking for a, uh, you know, crap game. So I'll take the Browns minus three. I feel like I'm, I'm buying the Bears. I'm, I'm selling the Bears a little higher. Wilson Hilson. I'm going to go head-to-head with Pritch. I'll lay it with Detroit. Me too. We... Oh, Pritch, oh, I'm so oh, sorry. Man. Guest on. That's okay. Guest and host crime. If you played this game a month ago, six weeks ago, this line would probably be double digits. And you say, hey, it's not six weeks ago. This is right now. And Denver's played well and Detroit hasn't. I get that. But I think a lot of it with Denver is smoking mirrors, smoking mirrors, as as Todd would say. Smoking mirrors. Turnovers. And there's been some luck involved. Uh, Detroit, there's a good team in there, a decent team in there somewhere. I know they haven't played well, but they're in their environment. They're home. You're going to get golf out of the cold. That's a Saturday night primetime game. That's a crowd that's going to be into it. I, I can sense a bounce back here for Detroit. And Detroit winning this game by a touchdown, I don't think is uh, outlandish here. Uh, I'll take the Lions minus the points. All right, two things. One, Isaiah Isaiah Von Frankel has just given me McDonald's hash browns. What a moment Star- this is in Ooh. my morning. Oh, this is fantastic. By the way, pro tip, get the uh, McDonald's app. Get you a lot of, uh, a lot of discounts. Um, okay, I'm with you. My first pick is also on Detroit. I have taken a lot of incoming on a numbers game because I refused at any point, even when people loved the Lions this year, I didn't have them in my top 10 power rank. I had them like at 11. The highest they've gotten for me is 10 all year. And now I don't get any incoming at all. But there was a lot of people like, oh, my God, the Lions, How you're so stupid. Their defense is not good. So I'm not a, I'm not a big Lions guy. However, there's, my first two picks fall under the category of I don't understand a couple things. The Broncos love, and it's not just Pritch in this game, but I'm just talking about anecdotally listening to sports talk and sports betting media. People love the Broncos, love Sean Payton and the Broncos. And to me, again, they went from 1-5 and five to 6-5, and five, and they did it in those last four games on a plus-12 turnover differential. And then this past week, they beat the Chargers, who didn't have Justin Herbert for most of the game. I don't get it. And Sean Payton's getting all the credit for this. I'm like, this isn't the 83 skins. We've talked about this before. You're not going plus 43 in turnover differential. You're the 2023 Broncos. You're not that good. And I don't even think the Lions are that great. But I I got the Lions, and I'm laying the points, uh, just like you said, Will. Minus four and a half seems like a discount because, and this is the thing about Dan Campbell, and this is one of these moments where people are busting on Dan Campbell for doing the same things that they were that they were ignoring when the fourth downs were converted. They're a very volatile team because they go for it on fourth down. So if they win, they tend to win by margin. And so I'm going with the Lions uh, in this ballgame. And then my other, my second one, I'm also really confused. But when I did guessing lines on Monday. And going with my guessing lines instincts has been great this year, with the exception of two disaster weeks, one of which was last week. The Falcons are only three on the road at the Panthers. I don't really know if I understand that, especially in a year where I thought the market overvalued the Falcons most of the year, and I was always guessing below Falcons lines when they were favorites. Now, all of a sudden, the Falcons are only three-point favorites on the road at Carolina? I guessed four and a half. I like Atlanta minus three. They got the playmakers here. And again, I'll go back to the Bryce Young thing. This is why I had all those C.J. Stroud bets in the NFL draft for him to go number one because I couldn't imagine that the Panthers were trading up for Bryce Young. Seems like a nice kid. But man, 
it hasn't worked out. Now, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, because he doesn't have any weapons. Yeah, well, C.J. Stroud, I mean, no one knew who Tank Dell and Nico Collins were either. So I got Atlanta minus three. I don't really understand this line, why it's so small. So, again, those are my first two, Detroit and Atlanta. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We're snaking. Will. No, Will already gave his second line. Oh, he did. Dad, go ahead, Dad. Uh, here's the thing, you know, I'm going to be really pulling for Mike because in order for somebody to beat Gilly, a head to head pick with the Broncos is going to need to win. So wait, wait, I'm hearing this. Oh no. Here it is. Okay. Wait, it's coming in right now. 26 seconds left in the ball game. The Broncos have just scored to make it 24, 19, and they're going to go for two, 22 seconds left. Some people are very interested in this play, especially the people giving four and a half. (laughs) Here's Wilson rolling to the right. He's going to wait. He's going to say, no, he's going to run it. He Wait, did he get in? Yes, he did. 24-21. Oh, my God. Mike Pritchard covers it. It's unbelievable. Again, I've asked this before, but probably not this year. At what age did your parents just look at you and go, oh, God, help us. Oh, it's clearly on the spectrum. It was an orphanage question and some of that. But okay. uh, anyways, uh, Okay, the uh, my second pick is going to be, I have the Falcons too. I mean, look, there's nobody who hates to bet on Desmond Ritter more than I do. Uh, I don't like the guy. I mean, I'm sure he's a very nice fellow, but in football-like, I don't like him. He stares down the receivers and throws it directly to the other team at least once or twice a game, and that can be very, very... Uh, negative towards your football winning when you throw it directly to the other team. I can't stand the guy. However, this Carolina Panthers team is just this is this is this team is just unbelievably bad on offense. They're not so bad on defense, but on offense, they are just now somehow I love the Saints last week. I think that was one of my picks on the Megapod. Somehow I found a way to lose with the Saints in the third quarter money line. Uh, you know, they were coming out a second half with the ball and I somehow I lost that. I still don't know how I lost that. But the, the point is the the Panthers can't move the ball. So how are they going to score enough points to stay within three? I mean, this game has, you know, 21-10 written all over it. It could even be 16-10. By the way, I mean, it, the has, Panthers... it hasn't moved at all. Does that concern you that we're not getting something here? Oh, I'm sure we're going to get screwed. It's going to final score like, you know, 14-13 or some nonsense yeah. like that. Yeah. But to me, it just feels like, how is this even possible? The Panthers can't get more than 10 points in a game. I mean, the Falcons aren't that bad on defense. You know, so I, I just don't get it. I'm going to take the Falcons. I'm going to hold my nose with Desmond Ritter, who I cannot stand betting on. But I'm, I'm going to take the Falcons minus the 3-2. Every once in a while, Ritter throws a dime, though. Like out of the blue. Yeah, every once in a while. 
Yeah. Every once in a while. All right, Pritch, you get two here because we're snaking. Yeah. yeah, with those weapons, man, he better look better. Man, my goodness. Uh, I'm going with Tampa uh, on the road against Green Bay, uh, catching some points here. Uh, looking at it uh, right now, uh, I mean, it's, it's sitting at three. There's a, there's a three and a half out there, too. But uh, I, I like the profile of this game for a lot of reasons. you got a very young football team in Green Bay coming off a loss because they can't close out a game. Uh, and you're looking for consistency from a young group of players. Uh, now, their most talented players are banged up, too. Uh, if you look at certain positions with Christian Watson uh, and Aaron Jones. Uh, and so I, I think when you have a veteran team like Tampa, who is smelling and sniffing the playoffs, uh, you're going to get a great effort and got a great player too, Mike Evans. I mean, this guy is going to perhaps get a, a really lucrative contract in the off season uh, coming up. And, and then on top of that, Baker uh, Mayfield on the redemption uh, situation. So th- this is, these are older players that, that kind of smell the playoffs and this is an important game on the road for them. Uh, I think it's going to be highly competitive. And then I'll throw in the fact that uh, if you look at, Tampa Bay as an away underdog, six and one on the road. I mean, uh, covering. So uh, I like the situation. Uh, I don't know if the line is going to change anymore, but uh, even though catching three points, I, I like the Bucks in that one. And then also, uh, I'm going to throw in the G-men. I don't know if that's going to shock you guys, but I just don't trust the Saints. I don't trust the fallout uh, with what's going on with Derek Carr on how it's not working out. Um, it just doesn't profile well uh, for the Saints. Uh, they got some key injuries as well. Uh, and then this, it's not a recency bias, but there's something to DeVito and, and the team responding to him. Like with Daniel Jones, there, there was no belief for, or it just didn't feel like that, right? To me, it seems like that locker room uh, is inspired by this guy in the story. And there's a, there's a number of players that are in contract situations too that uh, are, are trying to either audition for a job or certainly keep their job with the Giants. And I think Dayball, uh, even though it's been a rough year, has found ways to help the team improve. Well, I haven't been seeing that from the Saints all year long. And uh, I think injuries are going to catch up to the Saints, too. So uh, I like the points situation right there with the Giants. Those are my uh, other two best bets. Wow. Giants plus the points. I can First of all, I cannot believe I'm still sweating this under alternate season win total I have on the Giants at six and a half at plus 180 or whatever I have it at. Like the fact that they're still alive on this. The other thing, I just want to ask you about Derek Carr real quick, Rich, because I have yeah. said for years, right, I'm sure I'm not the only one, mm-hmm. but for years, even when he was in Las Vegas, when folks here, we've all heard these folks who thought he was like this great quarterback, and I always used to say, I go, you know, the stats, sure, he'll rack them up, but whenever the key moment of a game comes, he's just, I used to say this about Randall Cunningham back in the day, too. I was like, Randall Cunningham is great. I said, but in that key moment at the end of a game, and it's more Carr than Cunningham, you cannot count on him to make the right decision. And there's a lot of times, Will and I were texting about this once too, where he'll throw like mm-hmm. the dumb, like the worst four yard, like it's, oh, it's third and 15. They need this to stay alive in the game. And he'll throw like the worst, most, you know, he'll go out with a whimper. It'll be this four yard dump off that has no chance of succeeding. Sometimes he'll throw it in the dirt. Do you agree with that general assessment of Derek Carr? And do you think a team can ever win a Super Bowl with him? Yeah, I'll throw in the fact that he's also fake. Um, I, I mean, that that's that's probably more damning than than everything you just said. I mean, Gil, I agree with everything you just said and mentioned. Um, but he, he's fake. Uh, you know, he'll fake an injury. 
Uh, he's looking for the sympathy. He's looking for empathy. I mean, he, he's just a guy that wants to be liked uh, as a guy that, so look, I'm the quarterback of this team. I'm a leader, uh, you know, some, some assertiveness, some authority, right? And, and uh, when you come across as fake, you know, it, there's dissension. And that's starting to show up with the Saints and that offense and certain players on that offense. And it doesn't matter if he was here in Vegas or out there in Oakland, but now that he's with uh, New Orleans, it's still coming to the surface. And then there's a ceiling for Derek Carr. Oh, what is he? He's about 24 touchdowns and maybe 15 interceptions. I mean, that, that's Derek Carr. And, and coming into this year, for the Saints to get anywhere, he would have to skew it. Uh, much like he did back when he was a pro bowler and get over 30 touchdowns and, you know, have it around, you know, 10, 11 interceptions if he can, but he's far below that pace, What 13 touchdown passes, seven interceptions, interceptions are up uh, as normal, but no, he's just not a consistent player. I know he can put up the stats and, and really, if you look at the game, I mean, a lot of people might be thinking that wink is going to blitz Derek Carr and Derek Carr does well against the blitz and man-to-man coverages. But if you're wink, why would you blitz, you know, just let your rush, keep Derek Carr in a pocket. And at some point he's going to panic and perhaps give you the ball as well through a turnover. It's interesting. You say that too, because now that you use that word fake, when the Raiders were on hard knocks, I don't know if anybody can find the tape on this, but I said on a numbers game, I said on air, I was like, does anybody get the vibe from him that he's not really in, you know, not really a leader on this team. I said exactly that from just observing on hard knocks. And the other thing I said, and this is where it gets comical, you talk about fake. He's also from California and has this southern accent that drives me up the wall because his brother David didn't have that. But Derek talks right. like he's from this. Like, so all of it, you throw, it's not quite as corny as Russell Wilson when you put it all in the mix. It's a different kind of thing. Um, but anyway, that's funny you bring that up. Will, you were going to say something? Yeah, he didn't come off. He, he came off a little phony on Hard Knocked. And remember, yeah. he was one phony. Of the, that's the like, word. It might have been Hunter Renfro was like, you know, I get nervous before every practice. Uh, I'm always trying to outdo myself and be my best. And Carr goes, I don't get nervous before anything. You know, I've done everything in this league. Nothing, <laughs> nothing makes me nervous. Like, dude, you've never even played. At that point, he never played in the playoff game. What do you mean you've done everything in this league? So there is there is a little of that. And remember, he had the thing with Olavi early in the year where he's chewing out Olavi for whatever it was in terms of running around. Yeah. He doesn't seem like the best teammate. Again, this is uh, we're not we're not yeah. in the building every day, but that that's at least the perception of him. All right, let's get the final yeah, yeah, yeah. final best bets from. Uh... Dad, your last one. You know, they haven't put up Tommy DeVito yet on rushing attempts, and I wonder if they're going to adjust it. And I don't know if what Dable was doing with running him last week was based, based on the Green Bay Packers' defense and not on what they wanted to run him. I have a feeling they just want to run him now because they figure how much worse can it be than him throwing it. So I, I would look at that, especially if you come out running that uh, read option again a lot with DeVito. You might want to look at in-game in that game against the Saints. Uh, so just something to think about. Pritch alluded, Pritch alluded to this, too, which is, you know, they paid Danny Dimes, what, $140 million or whatever it was. Like, that's the, again, getting back to the whole, the cruelty of when you have to pay this quarterbacks, the cruelty of the economic structure of the NFL. Like, you don't know that you, you, you are forced to pay these guys at a point in their career where you just don't know if they're quite the answer, but yet the alternative is a null set, so you end up paying them, right? Vikings with Kirk Cousins, Giants with Danny Dimes, Cowboys with Dak Prescott. We don't know. As great as Dak is playing this year, we don't know, right? You have to propose after two dates, pretty much. That's right. 
That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry, Todd. Um, what line do you guys have for Baltimore Jacksonville? Oh, I love when he does this. I'll say three. Three. We get you three. Then I don't want that one. Um, <laughs> That's a lovely <laughs> ah, pass. Okay. You know what? Go go to Will because I'm gonna have to come up with another third one. Go Will. Todd, this isn't I'll this come. isn't the showcase showdown on prices right. You can't pass and go there. <laughs> I can pass. I have time. <laughs> All right, Will, go. I'm gonna take the Bills. I'll lay the two. Uh, it was a toss up between that yeah. and the Rams. I guess I'll just use the Rams in a teaser. I think it's a tough spot for Dallas coming off a big statement win. We've seen this a lot in the NFL this year where the team, the flavor of the week, the flavor of the month gets humbled a little bit the next week. You have an outdoor, you have an indoor team in, in Dallas, uh, a, a Texas team. They're going outdoors. The weather doesn't sound like it's going to be crazy in Buffalo, but this is a Buffalo team that their playoffs have already started. Um, I think we all agree if they get in, they're dangerous. Yep. I think there's a little more sense of urgency for Buffalo. I think this is a good spot. Now, McDermott drives me nuts. He's uh, boy, he's he does some strange things, some some poor things in terms of strategy. Um, they could certainly new, use a new head coach, but I'll lay anything under a field goal. I think is good with the Bills. I think they win this game and put themselves in good position here to make a run as the schedule gets a little easier. So Bills minus the two. All right, Todd, you want to take the uh, showcase with the lazy boy chair? Okay, I mean, I'm going to do this. I know it's probably the wrong thing to do, but I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm going to go against the Yenzers one more time here, Don Air. Look, the Yenzers, if in that, if you ever have any that in your life, right? let's say you're, you're walking around, you're, you're, you're thoughtful about something, right? You're not questionable, you're thoughtful. You just don't know what to do, right? Yeah. Yens might think, Going against Mitchell Trubisky in a football game might not be the worst thing to do if you're betting a game. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take them Indianapolis Minshews, and I'm going to say I'm only giving one and a half to the Trubiskys. Give me a break. Now, am I concerned with the fact that Stillers just lost two ball games in a row to teams with negative records? I believe each team was zero and 142 losses. Yeah, I'm concerned. If they were ever going to have a big ball game with Trubisky, this is the game to have it. However, they really stink on offense. So I'm going to take the Colts minus the one and a half here. Uh, you know, this for all intents and purposes, we're looking here at a playoff game. You might want to drive up from East Liberty, or let's say you're from downtown. You might be from Upper St. Clair. You're going to drive out to Indianapolis to watch this game with your terrible towel. I don't think you're going to come home happy. I think Zach Moss is going to run for a lot of yards, and we're going to have a problem. It's going to be Colts. Give me the Colts minus one and a half in that. Wow. In <laughs> that. Mm. <laughs> is it Mike Tomlin really not going to have a uh, – is he going to have a losing season in the end? It looked like they were coasting. What were they? They were, I mean, they were what, 7 and 3 oh, maybe? They were 7 and 4. And so the, and they had seven those two four, easy yeah. games in front of them where they should have been 9 and 4. Patriots yep. and Giants were – and they lost both of them. Oh, mm. brutality. I mean, by the way, the quarterback, I believe, who's starting is Trubisky. And after Trubisky is a guy named Mason Rudolph. Yeah. Mason Rudolph couldn't start on, you know, Monroeville's team. I mean, they're not good at quarterback. By the way, Patriots and Cardinals before that, not the Giants for the Steelers. Um, okay, my last pick. Um, I am going with the Kansas City Omaha Chiefs. Laying seven and a half. This line has come down. 
and I get it, it's not quite at the seven, but I'm laying seven in the hook, and I know you, you're not going to get rich laying that kind of number on the road in the National Football League. It's going to be rainy in Foxborough, but it will not be snowy and it will not be windy. It'll be 50 degrees, but it'll be rainy. Uh, I think a lot of people, based on a lot of that conversation we had about Kadarius Toney at the uh, top of the show and how they lost that game, and people are down on Mahomes and Reed for complaining and all that, I don't think people's perception of the Chiefs have ever been lower in like the last, you know, in the Mahomes era as they are right at this moment. I think they're going to be the number one seed. I think they're going to run the table the rest of the way. I think they're going to crush the Patriots. I think they're, you know, because no team looks as bad as they do one week or as good as they do one week. I think they're going to roll in this game. And I said this before the Dolphins lost to the Titans on Monday night. I think that it's a great bet, 10-1 to 1 on the Chiefs to get the number one seed. If it's still 10-1, to 1, by the way, that's when I called it. Um, I think they roll in this game. I don't think Bill Belichick, who, by the way, apparently these are his last four games coaching the New England Patriots, end of an era. I think Andy Reid and the Chiefs bounce back, and I think they beat the Patriots by double digits. That's my third play. By the way, the prop of uh, will the Chiefs get called for offensive offsides <laughs> over under a half? Under minus 450. Yeah, bet, I agree with you completely. By the way, do you, do you remember when they used to call the Kansas City Kings the Kansas City Omaha Kings, the basketball team in the NBA? Do you remember that? No. Anyone? No. no. That's why. Nope. I'm... Okay. For your, for your time, everybody. Um, <laughs> Phil Ford, Otis Bird song? No, nothing. Okay. All right. Nope. Uh, teaser. Still no. Te- still no. Teaser of the week. <laughs> At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Teaser. Pritch, we start with you. What's your favorite two-team six-point teaser? Oh, man. Uh, you know, Will said it earlier. I mean, I love the Rams in a situation uh, against Washington. Um, and, you know, having them on a teaser uh, with, with their playoff hopes are still alive. And, you know, the Rams, I think Stafford's been incredible this season. I didn't think he was going to make it through the entire year, to be honest with you, fellas, uh, especially with a, a bruised spinal cord coming off of last year. But, you know, the guy's a warrior. Uh, and, and the team has responded. Uh, so I like them in the teaser situation. And I teamed them up with KC. You know, I agree with you. I, I think the fire that Patrick Mahomes has, and, and I heard this straight from Eric uh, being me. Uh, he said, I, I've never met somebody who wants to win as, as badly as Patrick Mahomes. And that's coming from a guy that I can tell you hands down was one of the most fierce competitors I've ever been with or played with, right? Uh, and, and so, Eric, if he's saying that about Patrick, uh, they're going to have a great week of practice. They're going to respond accordingly. Uh, but the fact that it is Belichick in this situation that he's never been in before, probably not going to be there again. 
uh, you know, they're going to get a good effort. But so I put the Chiefs, instead of laying it, I put the Chiefs on that teaser with the Rams. Chiefs-Rams is my teaser, too. I am right there with you. That's my teaser as well. By the way, before we get to these, these gentlemen's uh, teasers, Eric Bieniemy, your buddy, who you played mm-hmm. with at Colorado, and the both of you, by the way. Yeah. Pritch is very humble about his days at Colorado, but he's awesome. The two of those guys were everything on that team. Um, offensively. Yeah. Do you think he's getting passed over for the Skins job? I don't think he has support in the front office for the Skins job. Um, I could be wrong. I, I know he's been a named assistant head coach. And, and to be honest with you, uh, you know, Rivera, I, they're not going to be disruptive. They're not going to get rid of him. Uh, but he does have the title assistant head coach. So therefore, he should become a head coach next year. I, I think there's going to be eight, maybe nine openings uh, coming up this offseason. And he's got support in other places uh, in terms of the executive level uh, and a front office level to where he could get a head coaching job, I, I believe, this year. So uh, if not Washington, certainly somewhere. But uh, there's so much turnover in Washington right now. I, I just don't get a sense uh, that they're going to look at that. Uh, they're going to look at Eric. Or they're going to look at, at you know, within yeah. uh, and, and stay within and, and hire Eric there. That's that's my feeling too. So, and, and by the way, Ron Rivera still has the job, but the assumption is that he will right. be relieved of his duties at the end of the year. It's going to be a race to see who gets right. who gets relieved of their duties first. Brandon Staley, Ron Rivera. There's a bunch of those guys. Uh, it's just it's so interesting to me that he's had all this success, and yet no offer has come yet. So maybe this is the off season. I, I don't want you to break any confidence. Is he just? I'll just ask you for a word. What, what is what is like his primary emotion about all this? Is it discouraged? Is it confused? Or is it, you know, non-plus? He just plows through it. Yeah, he plows through it. You know, he, he told me that he's still chopping wood, Gil, yeah. uh, Todd, and Will. He's still chopping wood, still getting after it, still trying to be competitive, still trying to win games. And, you know, he had Hal playing decent for a while. Um, the offense it has, has evolved a little bit. Uh, but you, you got a, a bunch of guys that – uh, have fought that type of coaching all year long, uh, but yet have been productive at times, but just not not together, right? And, and so he almost had the Carolina job. I thought he was going to get that, uh, to be honest with you guys. Uh, but, you know, that, that owner went a different way, and it's cost him because he's just firing coaches left and right down there in Carolina. So it's good for Eric yeah. that he avoided that situation altogether yeah it's true and we've all been there by the way it doesn't have to be a football coach we've all had jobs we wanted in our lives and then when we didn't get them we were like all pissed in the mm-hmm. moment but then afterwards you're like oh that's the greatest thing that ever happened to me it's not right end. yeah right uh todd and will your uh, teasers are todd mine is uh chiefs minus one and a half uh, I think if you were ever going to get a focused effort from the Chiefs, this would be the week. And and the Patriots are just, I mean, they are woeful, uh, especially on offense. Uh, so I'll take the Chiefs minus one and a half. And I'm going to go, I'm not going to take the Rams. I'm going to go with your Davis Mills, Houston Texans plus eight and a half. Uh, Tennessee coming off the miraculous win. I believe the record was 0-767 in a row for teams being down by 14 less than three minutes to go, and somehow uh, they won that game and moved it to 1-767. I just don't think the Tennessee is the kind of team that wins any games by margin, typically, and to win by eight and a half is a lot in the NFL. And remember, Davis Mills has been a starter before, so he's not that you know, horrendous. I mean, he's obviously not uh, 
you know, the rookie of the year guy. But not uh, not 100% that it's going to be Davis Mills, though, right? It's concussion protocol for Stroud, so we don't know. Well, if I get Stroud, then I'm then I'm real happy. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Could be even better for you, Will. Um, I have the same one as you guys. I'll be different. I'll go. I'll go Chiefs, Dolphins. If I'm, I'm getting the eight and a half with Dolphins, right? So I get it to two and a half. Uh, Dolphins are nine and a half. Do you see any eight and a half, Skilly? Uh, doop a doop a doo. I can't find my Where are they? All right, that's fine. I'll I'll stick with Chiefs, 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 Rams. Uh, if, yeah. if Bailey Zappi beats Patrick Mahomes, I'll live with it. And Washington's a dead team. The Rams. It's interesting. So many of these bottom end NFC playoff teams are just man, like the the Packers and the Bucks, whoever NFC South teams. The Rams are the one team. Like if you're the two or the three, you don't really want to see the Rams get in the playoffs because Stafford has quietly played pretty well here. You got Cup, Nakua, Kyron Williams has been a nice little resurgence. McVay is playing fast and loose with the play calling. They could have easily beaten the Rams in a tough spot last week. Uh, Rams are sort of dangerous here. I'll, I'll, I'll mean the Rams. Ravens. They could easily beat the Ravens. Could have beaten the Ravens. Yes. Um, yeah, by the way, before we get to the final two questions, y'all following this circus survivor thing, 13 entries left, 13 okay. entries sure. and one person didn't want to chop it up. So they're playing again this week. And then when the one person didn't want to chop it, cause there's always one, they tried to do a side chop for the rest of them to screw over the 13th guy and they couldn't come to an agreement. A, how do you do a side chop? Um, you basically make an agreement that if this, if one of us wins, you will get X amount and the others will split up this amount. So there's no chop if the one guy wins, but if the other 12 people win, there is a chop. Correct. Oh, that's interesting. And you can simultaneously screw the guy that didn't want to chop because you could pick 12 different teams, which clearly are going to, you know, match one of his. Oh, right. Yeah. But wouldn't they be playing for money at that point still? They wouldn't chop the entire thing up, so they wouldn't agree to do that. I don't know how they worked you know, it out, but there, there's a way to work. Yeah, no, no, they, would, they, would, they wouldn't play for the entire, that's right, but they would play for their chunk in a chop. Right, but what I'm saying is if they're still playing for something, then who would want to do all 12 teams to just knock that guy out? Oh, correct. That would be a different thing, yeah. It, it's, it's, you can do it, but again... The, the thing would have been to play, again, I suggested on Tuesday on a numbers game, you got 13 left, it's 9.267 million. Everybody gets a half million, you play for the final 2.7. And I said, I said everybody's like, oh, it's so obvious to do I go, there's always one dude. It's a dog to happen. It it's always a, you know, everyone's just so mad at one dude who doesn't, I'm sorry, Mike, what were you going to say? No, I, it, yeah, you're right, it's always one. That's all I was saying. I can't believe, I can't believe it. Well, and the thing is, it's, 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 there's so many reasons it could be. One is the guy thinks he's better at the game than everybody else. Two, he thinks his entry is better uh, with the remaining teams than everybody else. Three, he can't get the 9.267 million pot of gold out of his mind to reduce it. Four, uh, there could be an entry that already has eight people in it, so if you chop 500,000, it's not that sexy. Five, Spanky was pointing out, maybe it's just somebody who now wants to shift it into a game of gambling where they just think they have more gamble than you do, and they can sort of bluff you into making... Or maybe it's a negotiation tactic. Correct. It's a, negoti a, a yeah. negotiation tactic. Correct. Um, and then the, the I think Crack has a great one, which is also in a chop. Circa, Circa is not technically involved in a chop. So you are trusting that everybody is going to adhere to this chop. What if person X 
says, oh, sure, I'm in this job, no problem. And then they win. And then when it happens, 9.267 million, they're like, I don't know what you motherfuckers are talking about. Right. So what happens in that? <laughs> What's that? They're like, how do they do it? Like, what do they have legal papers written up or something? Uh, see, yeah, that, that's what I heard. Yeah. When you get down I to. I heard th- they got lawyers involved. Yeah. When you get down to three, that's easy, right? But I think when you have 13, it's still a little too many to get everybody. What I'm saying is couldn't, three, couldn't one of three people do the same shtick? They could, but I think with three, you have enough time typically to get lawyers involved. There's only a couple phone calls to make. You get lawyers involved, you get the paperwork. When you have 13, there's too many back and forth. By the time everybody gets on the same page, it's Thursday. And you're like, you can't get lawyers. Like, I, just, I think it's too many to be practical. I I think. I don't begrudge anybody wanting to win the whole thing. I, mean, I don't I either. I would, I would probably take the chop if, if it was me. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I don't begrudge somebody thinking, hey, this is my one lucky chance yeah. to, you know, for some people, they would think, oh, if I get a half a million dollars, it doesn't change my life. I but agree. if I get nine million, it does change my life. So maybe they want to do it. So I don't begrudge anybody for I, doing that. I agree completely. I might be that dude. I, By the way, the guy is a poker player. No surprise. Okay. Um, right. He doesn't have the most sterling reputation. There are tweets from you know, years ago where other poker players are like, don't get involved with this guy. He might be a scammer. But he leaned into it. Like, I almost turned my opinion on him yesterday because he, he put out a tweet. He goes, I am the guy, right? It's me. I am the best better alive or whatever he said. <laughs> like, he was totally playing the role of the what Grinch. What is he on Twitter? Oh, uh, I don't know. His name is Sean Perry. I don't know what his Twitter handle is, though. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, just thought it was interesting. All right, final two questions. Y'all ready? Final two questions. Go which we ask at the end of each and every Megapod. The first is, which of the big favorites is the most likely to lose outright? We don't have that many big favorites. By the way, it's a week where not only we have this uh, horrible Thursday game between the Chargers and the Raiders, but we got three Saturday games. Vikings, Bengals, Steelers, Colts, Broncos, Lions. Plus six college bowl games, I believe it is. What a day. What a day. Okay. What do you mean? Oh, you mean this Saturday? This Saturday. Here are the choices. I'm going to have to fudge. Uh, I'm going to have to let a couple in that did, normally wouldn't, but just so we have candidates. The Saints, six-point favorites at home against the Giants. The Dolphins, nine-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Jets. The Niners, 12-and-a-half on the road at Arizona. The Rams, six-and-a-half at home against the Commodores. Oh, and the Chiefs, of course, seven-and-a-half on the road at the Patriots on Sunday night. Those are your candidates. The Saints... The Dolphins, the Niners, the Rams, and the Chiefs. Mike, most likely yes. to lose outright of the bunch. Oh, I'm going with the Saints. The Aints, I got to go there. Uh, not because they were a rival of mine when I was with the Falcons, but uh, I just I just don't like um, – uh, they're, they're, they're a rudderous ship right now. They don't have a rudder. They don't have a leader. They don't have anything going for them, and – um, I, I just think this is one of those games where Giants have everything going for them. I, I like the points earlier when my best bet's with the Giants, but uh, I think they can win this game outright. I figured you would guess that one. Todd? <laughs> Todd? I, I mean, I don't think the Commanders are going to win, but it wouldn't shock me. I mean, we've seen the Commanders play competitively against the Eagles before. We've seen the Rams kind of be up and down. So th- that kind of would not shock me if the Commodores had a good game. Rams is his pick. Will. I missed the question. You have some distractions walking on behind you, Gil. My goodness. Um, Do I really? I am gonna, Did I? Yeah. Oh. Yes. Oh. I, I'm going to go. Of the female I'm gonna, persuasion? 
That would be correct. Oh, okay. I will go with Miami here. I, if you take Tyreek Hill off the field, and who knows if he's playing Gimpy, uh, it's not the same player. It's not the same offense. We saw the limitations in Tua physically, <laughs> athletically. I mean, I, I thought when they got the ball back down one, I didn't think they were going to score. He's just so small. He doesn't have the arm. I know when things are going well and everyone's wide open, he can put the ball in the right spots. But if you make him the slightest bit uncomfortable, there are some real limitations with Tua. Jets have a good defense. Uh, who knows? Maybe they keep it close and steal the game at the end. So I'll say Miami. I think I agree with Todd, not with much conviction, but I think it's the Rams just because Sam Howell could do some things on offense. By the way, what happened to Terry McLaurin with Sam Howell at quarterback? What happened to that? Mm-hmm. Um, they got a fleet. He dropped off. a ton of passes in that Red in that Eagles game. He dropped a ton of passes? No, they were like and low and outside. Yeah, he, but he could have caught don't do he this. Could've. Don't do it to him. Don't get him he, fired up. He was also in bounds on the one that they called out of bounds at overtime. They they screwed yeah, him. I, I know. I'm just still mad Is about Is he that. the one that was complaining about Eric's offense? McLaurin? Nobody really. Yeah, Rivera never really mentioned who was complaining about how oh. far Eric coaches. No, I can't imagine it was Terry McLaurin. He doesn't seem like a guy that would do no. that. Terry McLaurin is like face of franchise. Love that kid. I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe. I don't know. But that, that is the one strange thing about the Skins offense this year is he just has not gotten targets. It's very strange. And I don't know if it's that toe injury. <laughs> yeah, toe injury from uh, preseason or what. Um, I think it's the Rams, though. But uh, I like the Rams and the Saints as, as the best picks there. But I totally hear what you're saying about the Dolphins, too. I'll say Rams is mine. All right, final question. We live in a bizarre world. There's no more buys. There's 16 games the rest of the way, last four weeks of the year. You got to play a side in 15 of them. We didn't even mention Eagles-Seahawks on Monday night, a game we haven't even touched on. You got to play a side on 15 of the 16, but you get one pass, Pritch, one that you don't want any part of. What would that game be? Well, I mean, we talked about it already, fellas. I mean, the game tonight, uh, Chargers and the Raiders. I, good luck with that. Uh, you know, I think Will said the under was a, was a good play, a smart play, and it is. Uh, I, there's so many variables in this thing. Like I mentioned before earlier, uh, Khalil Mack leads the league in sacks. I mean, he could go off for like eight sacks. Who knows? Six sacks. Who knows? But then you got Max Crosby. Even though he's hurt, uh, he's going to play. Right. Uh, and then he could wreck uh, what the Chargers wants to do, too. So I, I don't know how you pick a side in this one. The Raiders can't score. They can't even get into the red zone. Uh, and then the Chargers, um, I, I, I don't know how you come up with an offense for this quarterback through walkthroughs. Uh, and Kellen Moore has no idea who this guy really is, I don't believe. And so that, that just gets difficult um, when Herbert goes down. So I, I don't know how you cap this one. I don't know how you pick a side in this one either. Pritch, please. That's what I wanted to say. I never got a chance to say it on the show. Um, no, I agree with you completely. I think I think that's mine, too, but I'll try to think of something else. Uh, Todd, what's yours? Eagles-Seahawks is kind of a conundrum to me. Is Like, who are the Eagles? Are they these yeah. world beaters that win every game, or are they maybe not as great a team as we think? And are the Seahawks the team that took Dallas to the wire the other day? Or are they the garbage team that they've been rest of the year? So I'll just pass on Eagles Seahawks. Willie? An old NFC Central matchup, Bucks packers the Bay, the, uh, the Bay of Pigs. I can't figure out Green Bay. I haven't had a lot of conviction on them one way or the other. They look good. They're not good. I don't know what to make of Green Bay, and I'm not much more uh, convinced either way with Tampa, who's up and down, have a decent record. They're somehow in first place. 
Green Bay, Tampa Bay, you can have it. I want no. I have no interest in that. One. I agree with all of these for all the reasons you said. Chargers, Raiders, for what Pritch was talking about. Eagles, Seahawks. I agree with Todd's. Like, who are the Eagles at this point? Bucks, Packers. I want no part of. I will go with the fourth. Texans, Titans. I don't know after last week what either of these teams are. Like, are the Titans the team that sucked pretty much for most of that game? Although they did keep the Dolphins' offense intact, obviously without Tyreek. But, like, are, are, was that offense the last two drives of the game, or was it everything before that? And then with the Texans, as great as C.J. Stroud has been, if you remove Tank Dell from that offense, all of a sudden they didn't look so good. I know it was against the Jets, and the, uh, the Titans aren't quite the Jets' defense, but the Titans' defense ain't bad. So that, to me, would be my game. Texans, Titans, I don't know. Do you, and we, we threw this around. Like, if Stroud played that badly the rest of the year, are we sure he's still Rookie of the Year? If, That's he, a great had, question. if, if great he had question. four more games that bad. Who's in second? Who's in second? Puka Nakua. Hmm. I think I'd still give it to the quarterback. I don't think so. It would have so. to be that bad. It, it would it have to be, be that bad. To, yeah. Yeah. Literally no touchdowns. Yeah. I think as long as he breathes and like throws a touchdown here and there, as long as he's like okay where he does anything respectable. Like if they lost every game and got shut out every game, now you're having a conversation, but anything above that. He's he's okay. Assuming we he comes back. I mean, we don't know if he's coming back right. this week, but assuming he yeah. comes back soon, that's the other interesting. If he if this he doesn't play lingered, yeah, yeah then yeah. It, it is really interesting. Let Let's finish then with this. Then I know the line just picked up the three. Yeah, just now. Funny that you guys said that. Just, yeah, just as we were talking. All right, let's close with this real quick rapid fire because I lied. Um, MVP. Who, if you were voting on MVP, who would be your MVP right now, Pritch? Christian McCaffrey. Wow, Todd. Yeah. I, I guess I'd give it to Dak. Will? I think Purdy wins. You said, who would I vote on? Yes. I'd, I'd probably vote for Patrick Mahomes just because nobody on his team can catch a pass, <laughs> and he's the best player, but I'll say Purdy, but I'd be tempted. I, I would vote for Purdy. I'd be so tempted to vote for Mahomes, but if you're going to give it to him this year, you might as well just give him to him every year, so I'll say Purdy. I'd vote Purdy, and I oh, – well, no. I'd vote Tyreek, but I think Purdy wins. Uh, and then the last one, coach of the year. Mike, who's your coach of the year right now? Uh, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, what he's doing with Brock Purdy, to you guys' point, is phenomenal. Um, but I, I think he's doing a hell of a job coaching this football team. Dot. I'll give it to the Houston Texans coach. I think uh, D'Amico. Uh, I think he's been outstanding. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I like him. Uh, you know, for what we thought the Texans were supposed to be and what they are, uh, I'll take the Texans coach. Will. I'll go Shanahan for for the reasons Pritch mentioned. Yeah, I think if I'm voting on it right now, I can't take D'Amico Ryan's because they're on the outside looking in. But if they were in, I would say D'Amico Ryan's. I would vote for. Now that he's not, I'll say Kyle Shanahan. Gentlemen, thank Somebody you. Somebody did a thing on Twitter, by the way. There was a thing on Twitter about how the way that the, the guy that wins the NFL Coach of the Year is never a guy whose uh, season win total has more than, you know, such and such. It's always like a guy whose team it wasn't supposed to win more than a certain amount of games. It's right. a whole thing on Twitter, but it was really it's, interesting. It's a guy that beats the expectations by the most. Yeah. Right. 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 The outlier. Yeah. Like Sirianni, for as great as the Eagles were last year, he finished fifth. Right, and right. he was wire-to-wire -wire favorite. Wire-to-wire -wire favorite, finished fifth. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever told you this Brandon Crawford story, Will. Have I ever told you that story before? <laughs> 
All right. Uh, I mean, we didn't, I we didn't the touch real on the biggest story. story. We didn't touch on the biggest sports story of the day, which is Furman Tulane. The over-under is 173.5. That's the highest college total I've seen all year. Wow. Are you pre-flopping it or are you waiting to see some action? No, I'm, I'm going to be watching it and in-gaming it as usual. All right. Four no day games, right? No. no day games today. No, no day games. No. Well, what are they thinking? All right. Uh, Todd Wishnev from his uh, mom's gorgeous living room. Um, Will Hill. You can follow him at T. Wishnev and at Not The Will Hill. And a big thank you to Mike Pritchard at M.I. Pritchard on Twitter. Pritch, um, thank you so much. You are the best for doing this. I know it's not a, it's not a short podcast, so thank you. We really appreciate it. I know I loved it. I enjoyed it. And I'm happy to escape uh, being insulted by Todd, too. So I think I did a good job. <laughs> That's <today>. right. <laughs> who did I insult? Wait, wait, oh, who did I yes. Who did I insult? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. He's he, let's put it this way, Todd. He's aware of what you're capable of. He knows who oh, you are. Right. I, absolutely. You I, got in Yeah, absolutely. Reputation I, I'm, precedes I'm you. Totally in jest. The only people that I'm seriously down on are the major host of this podcast. Other than that, I like everybody. <laughs> By the way, I love last week when you said to Brent, you go, eh, good guy, not a great broadcaster. <laughs> Well, no, because he had, he had said that thing about, remember he had said about Derek Carr, he's not yeah, a great situational quarterback. Yeah. And I said, well, we have a host who's not a great situational broadcast. Great guy, not a great situational broadcaster. That's a, no, I think you're that was a good good guy. Eh. Situational. <laughs> oh, I love that. My dream for you, for someone to tell Brent to my face that <laughs> that's so good. All right. Good luck to everybody with your Week 15 picks in the National Football League. Thanks for listening. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. <laughs>